Well, hello there, Vlad here. Welcome to my studio, though it's not a studio, it's welcome to Cat Big Fridays, episode 9. Can't believe we're already 9 episodes in. Feels kind of crazy. The next one will be the 10th episode anniversary, if that's a thing. Let's agree that that's a thing. And first of all, thank you so much for watching the previous episodes. If you like the episodes, please consider liking these subscribe share it with your friends as well if you think they might like it as well and just a reminder this episode is available both on youtube on the catpick studios youtube channel and also on spotify and apple Podcasts. just search for the catpick studios podcast and it's there so we have a really fun show tonight first of all we'll talk about my history as a singer that's one thing that I've kind of been wanting to talk about for a lot of time. Uh, then we'll talk about some awesome, awesome interviews I've watched recently. I've like this week has been super inspiring because I watched two interviews that kind of just lit a fire <laughs> in me or something like that. Just really cool interviews. I'll mention those in a bit. Give shout out to a few of my friends who are doing these interviews. Then we'll answer some of your questions and comments. We'll talk about the story of my first custom guitar, which is kind of interesting. And I'll also throw a crazy fragrance influence video your way in the weekend watch section. But first of all, a bit about this week. Uh, in Finland, at least, Easter time is kind of holiday time. Like people usually have like Fridays and then Mondays off. So it's at least like a really long weekend. For my family, it actually meant a bit longer break than just that. My wife's a teacher, as I mentioned before. And basically, my daughter and my wife both had uh, yesterday off already. Oh, no, today is Thursday. So they are already having today off. So no kindergarten, no school. They also have Monday and Tuesday off. So we have actually quite a long break. And I'm not doing as long of a break as they are, but uh, I'm taking the Friday off and also Monday off. And I'm really, really trying to stay away from YouTube and video editing and everything like that for a few days. I need a break. I'm noticing that I'm not feeling like fully recharged every morning. I've been working like a bit too long hours lately. So I'm trying to take like four days off, like properly take four days off. That will be good for me. Uh, though it does mean that today, Thursday, I'll need to check out the Skeptic Fridays episode. I also need to edit a second video that I created this week that will be up next week. Uh, teaser, it's a pedal board build video. I wrote a really, really fun song for that one. No singing that time. Uh, but speaking of singing, the singing demos are back! Yes! They are back with the Harlebenton Amarok video that went live this week. And the responses have been amazing. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, my singing history is a bit... Um, how should I say? It's not like the easiest one. I've had to, troubles in the past and stuff like that. And that actually brings me to the Vlad files. Let's jump into there next. So yeah, let's talk about my history as a singer. First of all, what you need to know is my dad is a singer and a really good one. Like back in the day in the Soviet Union 
as a young man, he was part of these university choirs that were like a big thing back then. And yeah, I think he played to like big people in the Soviet government or like sung in big choirs. And once we moved to Finland, he was also really active as a choir person and just as a singer as well. He's good. He's just really, really good. Uh, unfortunately, it's been almost 10 years ago now that he got this weird illness thing that kind of hurt his body. Let's put it that way. And it's been more difficult for him to sing. But still, when he sings, he's still good. That It's just that he's not in the same physical condition he used to be. But yeah, music and singing especially was a huge part of our family. Like he just started singing at like very random moments and it's it was kind of normal for us uh there and like we get used to him he would like play some backing tracks or like listen to songs while he was like cleaning and sung to them as well he also recorded a lot of like C cassette tapes of him singing and stuff like that basically i grew up around singing and i personally started singing in school bands or like uh, in like music classes i sometimes went to the band and sung i think it was only like in what i guess would be considered finnish high school so like seventh grade and onwards that's where i tried singing or like doing some sort of noises and voices <laughs> in front of other people so yeah that's where i kind of started singing but i didn't really like consider myself a singer at that point yet and wasn't like really passionate about it either but i think uh, it was like roughly when i was 17 or so uh this kind of goes hand in hand with me going to like the upper high school i don't know or i, I don't know how the school levels in finland go compared to other countries but basically like when you go from the like classes one to nine uh, in Finland, after that, you can go to either like study a profession or go to like an upper high school or college or whatever it's called. Something like that. Yeah, college, I guess. So, yeah, I went to college and there I kind of started singing more in those music classes. I took all the music classes you just could take. Like, I just really wanted to uh, spend my time there learning and playing with other people and that kind of stuff. And kind of side to side to that, not side to that, hand in hand was the fact that I actually got uh, a vocal teacher for a year. And I'm going to say it was like 16, 17, something like that. And yeah, uh, because of my father's choir history and like he was still really active in our town singing, uh, he or like the choir leader was a huge fan of him. And for, for whatever reason, she decided to offer me free singing lessons for a year. So for a year, I went there like every week and got like proper classical singing technique lessons. And yeah, she helped me to like learn to use the diaphragm and like the absolute basics of singing. And <laughs> I was told that my vocal range is a tenor. Something that I found out later isn't actually true. I'm a baritone. And yeah, she helped me with things like uh, tightness in the throat and stuff like that. Like 
the basic things you usually get when you're starting out and you don't know any like singing techniques or anything like that. She helped me with those, though <laughs> I absolutely sucked at practicing. I just, I just didn't practice between the lessons. So like the week would go by and I didn't do anything. And the main reason for that, honestly, is the fact that I shared a room with my brother. Like me and my brother, we have, I have a little brother. We have like one and a half year age difference. So pretty close. And we shared a room until I was, uh, let's see, 19. Until I moved out for my military service. So you can imagine like it's not exactly easy to practice singing <laughs> when you're sharing a room with your brother. And when you're practicing, you're doing the, all the kind of stupid noises. You're learning how like the different vowels resonate in your head and stuff like that. And like I tried doing like a, like vocal warm-ups with your brother being in the room or like even with your brother being in the next room, like it was difficult. I didn't like have the space to like explore my voice or anything like that. So I didn't practice at all. And I kind of feel sorry for the teacher because she was like, like sharing her time for free for me to practice. And I didn't do that. Although I have to say the stuff I learned from her has actually carried me way, way into the future. I still remember the things she taught me. So all good. Like I, it didn't go to waste in the end, but it just took 15 more years or something like that before I actually started applying those things into my singing. But yeah. That, that's how I kind of start, had some sort of start for my singing career, if you will. I'm putting it in quotes. I think this is also a perfect time to share a story of my now wife, then not even a girlfriend. We had like a thing going on in our high school, our college, whatever thing. Like that was uh, like a few months before we actually started dating. And uh, our music classes went in a way where we would, we would basically like practice a few songs and then like have some sort of concert and the end of that like period I think our year was split into four or six different periods so like I don't know six weeks something like that so basically we would just practice songs and like have a concert and she was watching one of those concerts <laughs> at that time um, Windows Live Messenger was a thing and we we had been chatting there for a while now and I just asked that like hey what did you think of me singing in front of the audience in that concert? That was like one of the first times I sung live, like lead vocals, that is. <laughs> and she commented, uh, I think you probably should stick to playing the instruments. And yeah, I, I really la laughed at that. And I can still laugh at that because I already knew that she was very sarcastic, but also honest. And <laughs> yeah. That comment actually describes her really well, and I actually appreciated her honesty. And yeah, in that school band, I was playing like everything and also was kind of almost forced to sing. And uh, it was good. Again, like the only way you learn singing in front of people is to go in front of people. Then after the college thing, I did my military service and moved after that moved to Tampere, which is like one of the big cities in Finland for studies and I pretty much immediately joined a band through a friend of mine and some stuff happened there where 
they really didn't know how to treat my not so good singing at the time and yeah I was almost ready to quit singing because of the things that happened but I'm leaving that stuff out and not going into more details because all of those people have apologized I'm friends with them again all good but yeah that was like a hard time for me as a singer and yeah after that, uh, maybe a year or two passed, there was like a break when I wasn't playing with anyone. And then I joined a more kind of permanent church band, again, with some other friends. And they started uh, kind of gently pushing me into singing live as well. Like I started, first of all, like just sing some backing vocals or doubling the lead vocals. And then they started to push me to actually sing leads as well. Um, that was good because over the next few years I sang a lot live and that helped me to get better and develop some confidence as well. So that was good and I also should mention that a lot of those church services and our practices as well were recorded. So I actually got some honest feedback like besides feedback from other people I could actually listen to myself and like learn what I'm doing right and what I'm doing wrong. And that's actually where all of the vocal lessons helped a lot, the ones that I mentioned earlier because I started again remember what the teacher was teaching me about like vocal technique and stuff like that. This isn't supposed to hurt. This is how it's supposed to feel like when the airflow is going well and stuff like that. So that helped. And yeah, the first time I sang on a record was in 2015. So quite late <laughs> compared to when I started actually singing. And that was me recording and actually, I wrote a song for my wife for our fourth wedding anniversary in 2015. And I've hidden that track on YouTube. It used to be on YouTube. Uh, my channel is actually pretty old. And I've hidden that track, but I'm going to put it unlisted if you guys want to check it out. It's pretty heavily auto-tuned because I just wasn't a good singer at the time. Like, this was first time singing on a record and... It's very different from singing live when you have headphones on and stuff like that. It's just not the same. And I just had to tune it quite a lot. And overall, the production and mixing is not that good. It was me doing the whole thing for the first time. But, you know, you learn. You got to do those things before you get better. And yeah, if you end up listening to that song, and I, I'm going to keep it unlisted, but people watching this episode or listening to this episode can check it out. If you do, please drop a comment there and just say hi or something like that. I would really appreciate that. All of this was a long way of telling like how I got to the point where now I'm actually like exploring rock vocals, metal vocals, stuff like that. I wanted to be a rock singer since I was like 12 or something like that. And you, what do you know, 21 years later, here we are at least trying to do that. And one of the key things besides just kind of growing up and not caring as much uh, about other people's opinions is also just the fact that I stumbled upon this vocal coach called Chris Lipe on YouTube and... His videos helped me unlock a few things like that I was doing by accident every now and then, but had trouble like repeating like some sort like vocal fry and stuff like that. And yeah, he helped me to like understand what was happening and like consciously work on those things. So that's been good. And yeah, I've been practicing with through his uh, lessons a little bit and just on my own as well and kind of 
start when I've started recording as well, I can hear the things I'm doing well, the things I'm not doing well, and kind of yeah, work on that. So that's been great, and like it allows me to do the screamy things now, like hey type of thing. That, that probably sounded really amazing on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. So lot to learn, but yeah, it's been a fun journey so far, and I can't wait to see where I'll be in a few years. And um, yeah, the really important thing here is that I'm recording now, and that's good because that's pretty much the most honest feedback I can get. And the fact that I've been recording quite a lot of vocals lately, uh, I've noticed, for example, that I don't have to tune my vocals that much anymore. Like, there are a few things here and there that I might tune sometimes just to save time, but like the amount of tuning has been going down all the time, and I'm really excited about that. So, yeah, that's the story of me as a singer. And let's jump to the random positive thing next. The random positive thing of the week is actually two things. Uh, I titled this for my like for my show notes. I titled this so many cool interviews to listen to, and that's true. Like I've been building stuff this week and like cleaning up and all kinds of things, and I've had time to listen to interviews and. Two that I want to highlight are, first of all, my buddy Rick Hollis from Australia. I don't know if that's how you pronounce Australia in Australia. The people who are upside down all the time. Uh, yeah, he had a Leland Sklar, the super famous, amazing, amazing bass player on his channel. It's a fantastic two hours, just flies by so fast. Leland is such a nice guy and like Rick is great also at like interviewing him, asking good questions, but like, I don't know, hats off to that guy, it's so humble, so nice, it never felt like, hey, this is like a YouTuber interviewing a big rock star, like, just a fun, fun chat with him and the stories he's sharing about like playing with people and touring and gear like how he got involved with the Dingwall basses for example all kinds of stuff fantastic interview shout out to Rick for doing this I don't know how he's able to get all of these amazing guests but yeah Links below in the description for that one. And then there's another one. Shout out to my other two friends. Other two friends. I have more than three friends, but like shout out to a couple of other friends as well. Uh, Andy Ferris from the Guitar Geek YouTube channel and also Daniel Getke, uh, who have this, um, they have this Guitar Stories podcast and they also have cool guests as well. And they were interviewing Mark Lettieri this week, the guy from uh, Snarky Puppy. Fearless Flyers, his solo stuff, the amazing, amazing rhythm and lead guitar player. I love his talent. Like, what a cool guy as well. Like, I love when there's these big names, like amazing players who it feels like they have zero ego. Like they when you when like those people were talking to like Rick or Andy and Daniel, like feels like they're at the same level, like we love music. We love gear and stuff like that. And we love talking about that as well. And I just have such a huge appreciation for people like that. It was really, really cool to watch slash listen to both of the interviews. 
And yeah, links below to either of them in the description. They're kind of a long view or like long list. And, and I'm not sure if Rick is on a podcast platform. Uh, I'm pretty sure Guitar Story is. So I'll put links below to both like YouTube versions, but also the older versions if such are available in the description. So you can check them out. And if you do and you kind of found them out through me, drop them a comment and say, that, hey, Vlad sent me here. That would be cool. And yeah, I think next we'll dive into some of your questions and comments. Questions and comments. Rich Words Music comments on the previous Cat Pick Fridays episodes where I talk about my best gig. Oh man, Rockin' 1000 was fun, wasn't it? <laughs> that whole week was a blast, actually, although it's some of the hardest I've ever had to work. <laughs> but using the event mantra, be professional, <laughs> we were able to get through it. You know, I was scheduled to play the gig too, but when we got to Frankfurt, it became clear that someone would need to look after you a lot and make sure everything actually happened. Still good times with great friends. I won't forget that in a hurry. Loving the new longer show format, by the way, it feels more chilled and is great to watch as I'm puttering around doing stuff for the weekend or on the weekend, to be precise. Thank you, Rich. Yeah, I feel sorry for you that you didn't get to play. As I mentioned in the previous episode about like where I mentioned my best gig, uh, the Rocking 1000 was the one and I have such a high respect for like, or like huge respect, however you said, for the people who took care of us there. Like, I really, really appreciate that. Uh, you took care of like food when there was no food and stuff like that. <laughs> like, I really appreciate it. I It sucks that you didn't get to play there, though. It was also a lot of fun. But yeah, thank you so much. Greatly, greatly appreciate it. Jiki Boy on the Harlebenton Amarok Baritone Review. Your demo sounds just like Trivium. Amazing, bro. Uh, thank you. That's quite a high bar to compare me to. Wow. Like, Trivium are amazing. And uh, also, like, Matt Heafy is amazing. Like, I, he creates so much content online right now. It's kind of amazing. And, like, he's also a great example of, like, how you can adapt to stuff like COVID when you can tour and him playing the music on the Twitch streams and stuff like that. It's good because it also like brings income to the band as well and stuff like that. So it's cool. But yeah, thank you. Thank you. This is like the second song I'm ever doing growl vocals in. Well, besides the Cat Pick Fridays intro, I guess. <laughs> and yeah, wow. This is encouraging. I might start singing more. I think I've mentioned that in previous episodes as well. But yeah, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Per S. Straumsheim. Sorry if I'm butchering your name. Great job. Love how you did the review. And he's talking about the Holland and America Baritone review. Fading guitar from Alone and then into the mix was really nice. Thanks. Thank you, Per. I'm assuming you're like Swedish or Norwegian or Danish, maybe. Uh, thank you. I personally love recording music. Like, I'm more a studio guy than a live player. And when I get a piece of gear, I usually look at it from like a studio perspective because it just makes more sense for me 
because that's what I do most of the time. I don't play, well, nobody's playing live right now, but even when live shows were a thing, I still mostly record here. So anytime I do a demo here, like it just makes sense. And like, I'm both kind of trying to find uh, new ways of doing a gear demo or like new perspectives. Uh, there's so many people right now, and especially thanks to COVID, like everybody and their grandma is doing gear demos now. And I'm trying to find new angles and approaches to do that, which help me differentiate, but also just that are more fun for me to produce. I've done 200 traditional gear demos and I kind of want to do something else now. And I'm finding like ways that are both exciting for me to do and also something that's a bit different to others. And getting feedback like this is amazing. Thank you so much. And yeah. Moving on to the next question. Louis Vasquez on the Harley-Benton Amarok baritone thing. Dude, I didn't know you could do screaming vocals. Great track. Thank you, my friend. Really, really appreciate it. I think you're making appearance on like every episode from now on. Or like oh, you have made an appearance on the past like three or four comment sections of the Cat Pick Friday's episodes. Why not? Great comments. I'm happy to highlight those. And uh, yeah. As I mentioned before, like screaming vocals is something I've been exploring a bit more, like learning how to do them without hurting my throat, without losing my voice. And I'm not quite there yet. Like sometimes when I do those tracks, I still end up like losing my voice for a little bit. So it means that I'm not like doing that perfectly yet. Need to work on that. But there are like a lot of screaming techniques that uh, just don't hurt your throat. You won't lose your voice and you can just go from like screaming to singing just fine. And I'm working on those, as I mentioned, that Chris Liebe guy, for example, has helped me to unlock a lot of that stuff. I'll put a link below in the description if you want to check out his channel. His style is he's pretty intense in front of the camera, but he also teaches you stuff in a way where you can actually understand how some of the stuff happens. So yeah, thank you, my friend. Really, really appreciate it. In my guitar section, we check out something really cool. <laughs> I don't know if it's cool or actually kind of depressing because we're talking about the first custom guitar that I ordered. And it was this Atlas company that I mentioned before I had the like PRS looking guitar. And yeah, I ended up selling that PRS looking guitar and had like a Chapman ML1 in between and maybe some other guitar that I'm forgetting already in between as well. Because I was waiting for the Atlas custom kind of Les Paul type to arrive. I basically specced it out. I got a crazy good discount because I was doing like website stuff for them as well. And yeah, I got a crazy good discount could basically spec it out like the model would look like the way they made all of them. So like also this kind of PRS type, if you look at a couple of the photos. And yeah, I wanted a very traditional looking Les Paul basically. So I think I had like an ebony fretboard, sorry, rosewood fretboard, block inlays, uh, this nice flame maple top, mahogany body, mahogany neck as well. And yeah, hard, tail bridge or like tunematic hardtail bridge for controls and the pickup switch was where it's on the Les Paul as well. YouTube listeners can see the photos in the video and I'm going to put links 
to a couple of pictures of the guitar in the description of the podcast as well. But yeah, that guitar was again amazing. And I think uh, it first came with like Atlas Guitars' own pickups, which ended up being like fairly hot. And oh, by the way, I think I got like jumbo frets on it as well. So like it was really, really comfortable for me to play because I love jumbo frets. And yeah, uh, I remember swapping pickups on it. Yeah, there's a second picture where there's like gold covered humbuckers. And I think that was my first introduction to Sheptone pickups. Uh, friend, um, at this time, I befriended a guy who just loved great guitars and had a bunch of great guitars. And he was like a professional musician. And he kind of introduced me to Sheptone pickups. And I think there was some sort of sale going on. Oh, no, he actually emailed Sheptone and said, hey, here's a friend of mine. Please give him a, a big discount. And I think they gave me a big discount on their pickups. So I ended up uh, ordering Sheptone pickups for that Atlas guitar and swapped them. And yeah, got the gold covered one. So they matched with the gold hardware as well. And that guitar was so good. Don't ask me why I sold it. I've sold like two amazing, amazing, unique guitars. And I regret that I was stupid. Please forgive me. Like, I don't know if it sounded exactly like a Gibson Les Paul, but it sounded freaking amazing. And it was a bit more comfortable to play than a Gibson Les Paul. I think the body was slightly thinner as well. There was like a better upper fret access and stuff like that. But yeah, I don't know why I sold it. I was stupid. Uh, this is a recurring theme in my guitar section. Just, I don't know. Actually, I, I'm guessing you people can relate to this like trading guitars all the time. And I'm actually like interested to hear like, what are your guitars that you regret selling? We might do like a special episode on this one day. Like just go through the guitars and stories of your like uh, regrets, I guess, <laughs> because I got plenty as this series shows. Like I was just selling stuff for no apparent reason. I don't know what was wrong with me, but that's life. You got to do mistakes to learn from them. Otherwise, you'll never learn and just keep doing stupid things or like repeating mistakes. Stuff that I have no idea where this is supposed to go, but yeah. One more guitar I absolutely regret selling. <sighs> Man, I hate it, hate it. But let's jump into the weekend watch. I have something really weird and crazy there for you as well. Watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it, video. It's not like you have anything else to do. This week's weekend watch is by Nick is not green. I found this guy through just YouTube recommendations very recently. A young guy doing like comedy slash social commentary type of thing. And I really like his style. Like the videos are fun and well edited and a lot of his arguments kind of just are just good. Let's put it that way. And this is a bit more special episode where he has a, a friend. I'm not sure who, who that friend is, but they are basically taking a deep dive into a fragrance influencer on TikTok. I didn't know that it was a thing, but now that I think about it, I, of course, there's a fragrance influencer on TikTok. Basically, there's this, I think it's German. 
there's like this German guy that looks very, very, very kind of... Uh, I, I don't even know how to describe him. He looks like a fragrance influencer. And they're just taking a look at his TikToks like... Uh, some of them are just funny and some of them are kind of sad. Like there's some TikToks that he puts out where he kind of uh, <laughs> breaks out of character and just suddenly like tells some weird sad stories about his life and like by the end of the show you feel both amused and kind of sorry for the influencer. I don't know what's going on with his life, but I don't know. The show is just so well constructed and edited and I had a blast watching it. It was super, super fun. So yeah, go check it out. Again, links below in the description as well. And <laughs> I just, I have a stupid grin on my face just thinking of that show. I probably need to rewatch it to just get all of the details. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. But yeah, that actually wraps up this week's Cat Pick Fridays. Thank you so much for watching slash listening. Again, if you made it until the end, please consider liking this episode. Subscribe either on YouTube or on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And yeah, leave a comment down below. Let me know what you think. If you got any guitars you regret selling, stuff like that. And yeah. Have a great prolonged weekend. I'll be back next week with some cool new songs and videos and stuff like that. Yeah, thank you so much for watching. I shall see you next time.